you know, I've counted and I, I having been to three dozen nations and, and, and having spent considerable time overseas and living overseas and having children overseas, I think, and, and, and nevertheless, being a patriot, I'm, I'm happy to be the voice of someone who at once loves America and despises her flaws. That's what I hope to bring to you in the coming days and weeks. But right now, I got to talk to you about Zelensky, who shows up, I don't even know why, at, uh, at uh, President Javier Malay's inauguration. I don't know why he's there. Nobody knows why he's there. Um, I had, let's see, I had this in English and now it's, it's converted to Spanish. Uh, let's see if I can still read it to you. The president of Argentina was joined by the president of Ukraine. And this marks a major change in international relationships, in diplomacy in general. This was written by Roberto Garcia Moritan. And this is an infobay.com. This is an opinion piece. The presence of the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, in the ceremony of uh, investiture, in other words, the, uh, well, they call it the investiture. I like that. The inauguration of the president of uh, uh, President Javier Malay is an important diplomatic change, considering the circum the alarming circumstances that are in force in the Ukraine, and in the whole context of the geopolitical spectrum. It also is symbolic of a change in the practice of diplomacy, given the fact that he was there in person. And <laughs> this is, okay, so that's, that's my rough translation of, uh, of the Spanish article. Here we see the two embracing, I just tweeted this photo earlier today, an embrace between President Zelensky and President Malay. Malay is wearing the traditional blue and white sash, uh, which is actually kind of like a regal symbol. You 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 see you see kings and monarchs and and um, his imperial royal highness might wear something like this. Queen Victoria, Queen Elizabeth would wear something like this. He's wearing this sash which harkens back to monarchy. And he is given a Jewish candelabra, a Hanukkah candelabra, which is clearly in the frame. You have these two men who are embracing. I mean, their faces are like six inches from each other. And a Jewish candelabra is being bestowed upon Javier Milei. For those that don't know, okay, so let, just just some thoughts about Milei, all right? And I've given some of these thoughts to you. We first came to know who he was because of Tucker Carlson. True? You didn't know who, who Milei was until Tucker interviewed him. And this was before the first election, before the runoff election. Tucker, in many ways, probably pushed him over the top. That episode has tens of millions of views, hundreds of thousands of shares. 
it, it really touched the lives of many people. And it was an introduction to this brash, vulgar, eccentric guy who says that liberalism is, uh, is dung, except he uses a different word for dung. He uses a word that I'm only allowed to say one time per broadcast if I want to, which I don't need to on this, uh, on this episode here. He describes liberalism ex- exactly right, except for he, his, he, what he proposes in the place of liberalism is liberalism. The two competing threads of liberalism, classical liberalism, which is the one that he advocates, and modern liberalism, which is, which is of the left. But both are competing for dominance in the philosophy of liberalism. In the philosophy of, uh, how, how should we say, throwing off tyranny. Throwing off monarchy, throwing off order, rebellion, revolution, the rights of man. Both philosophies seek the same thing. They just seek them in different ways. He is a libertarian, so-called, even though I suspect he's going to rule more like a leftist than a libertarian. And that is because these two... Things are so closely related to each other. But he's a lot like Trump. He has eccentric eyes and hair. He, he, he makes liberal use of vulgarity. His personal uh, morality is questionable. He's, he's over-promising what he can do once uh, taking office, and he'll under-deliver. Um, but unlike Trump, who, of course, made the visit to the, to, to the wall, the sacred wall, the Roman barracks wall, posing as something else. Unlike Trump, who made every single overture uh, towards, uh, towards Zionism, uh, this man, Malay, actually is converting. He is a Zionist himself, and he is converting to Judaism, which, I, I, you know, it, it is... It is um, questionable whether or not a man can actually even convert to Judaism. Many Jews would say that it's impossible, that it is an, if it, is it a, an inherited ethnicity in as much as, as it is a religion. It comes to you from your mother. If your mother's not Jewish, you can never be Jewish. Um, and, and some Jews just say, like, you can't become Jewish. There is no such thing as converting to Judaism. Others will take you in. It depends on the sect I suppose, but he is converting to Judaism. He wins the presidency and then he announces that he's becoming Jewish and he meets with all of the high powered rabbis in Argentina. And this sends alarm bells to people who are paying attention because at the same time that he is becoming Jewish, the world The Western world is outlawing any opposition to Judaism. You are not allowed to be critical of these people. And so now he's making himself one of those people whom you're not allowed to criticize. Think about this. He's becoming the one thing that you're not allowed to criticize. 
You're not allowed to oppose the political boundaries of Israel. You're not allowed to say to yourself, I don't like what you're standing for. I don't like the oppression of Middle Eastern Christians, Palestinian Christians. I don't like that the Holy Land isn't controlled by Christians. It is controlled by someone else who is actually an enemy of God. You know, last night, or no, maybe two nights ago, well, Father Martin gave me this wonderful book. And it is a liturgical way to pray the rosary. It's put out by Aruka Press, I think, forward by Dr. Peter Kwasniewski. And I was reading the account of the crucifixion. We were praying the, 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 um, the Sorrowful Mysteries, and we're at the crucifixion. It's the final and there's a long, long, long recounting. It's sort of a blending of all of the Gospels together. So it, it captures quite a bit of detail about the crucifixion. And, the, and, and there is the segment in there that absolutely, I mean, you just can't make this up, okay? This is part of our faith. This is not anti-Semitism. This is just a clear reading of Scripture, if scripture is anti-Semitic, then I'm sorry. Then your definition of anti-Semitism is just too broad. But the idea of double dealing, of lying, of dissimulation, of bribing witnesses, of using the money power to get your way. In the crucifixion of our Lord. He was framed. There were false witnesses brought against him. The money power was used. And there was a blood curse accepted. Accepted. When Pontius Pilate washed his hands in front of the Jews and said, I wash my hands of this. The blood is on you. And they said, it is on us and it is on our descendants. We accept the blood curse. we will forever be the enemies of Christ. Forever. For all time, up until even the present time, we will be the enemies of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, Javier Malay is now an enemy of Christ. Vladimir Zelensky is an enemy of Christ. And if we don't have the courage to say that, 